0: you guys know that I love a good book. So I have curated my own book collection by Jameer Smith on Amazon. So make sure you check it out at www.amazon.com backslash shop backslash Jameer underscore Smith. And check out some of these amazing books that I chose. (laughs) Happy reading. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. I'm so excited, and we're honored to have an amazing, creative, entrepreneur, influencer, nomad, fashion icon, black girl magic, Jessica (laughs) Nabongo in the building. We're so excited. Yes.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Listen, my girl is under the weather, and she's still pushed through. She, look. Yes. She said, let me tell y'all something. Jameer, we gonna make this thing happen regardless. And y'all already know, this woman has done so, so much. She's a global citizen, storyteller, travel expert. And to be clear, <clears throat> I, w- I want to make this known.
1: Oh, yes. Clear, clear your voice. <clears throat> yes, yes. Clear it.
0: The first Black woman to have traveled to every country in the world. She's named... One of the 50 most notable people in travel by Travel Leisure. And let me tell you something. The first time I saw this woman was on an article on CNN. Everybody, (laughs) Jessica in the building, y'all. So listen, we want to get started, but I really want to not take up too much of your time because I know, listen, she got to rest that throat because she has some more countries (laughs) to travel and more people to talk to. First and foremost, we're in July. It feels like we're already in December. The year's already gone. How has this year been for you so far? Uh,
1: That's such a good question. Um, For me, honestly, it's been amazing. (laughs) 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 Uh, For for so many different reasons. Um, You know, I... I started the year pretty slow, um, and then I, you know, I spent my time between LA and Detroit, and the weather in LA was pretty bad. So,
0: like, I bought a ticket to Ghana and left the same day,
1: and that just kicked off an amazing year. I can't. Um,
0: <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> then
1: uh, in March, um, I was invited by the Vice President um, Kamala Harris to Ghana, so I went back to Ghana. For her first visit to the African continent, and she had a state dinner in Accra, and I was gladly her guest um, with the president of Ghana, which was amazing. And then just a few days later, for the first time ever, my art was showing in a museum, and it showed at um, Christie's in London. Mm. which was an amazing opening to be at. So I had a strong start to the year. And outside of that, oh, and then I'm like, oh, and then I interviewed Madam Vice President. I was going to say,
0: don't don't miss that. Because, <laughs> listen, this woman interviewed Vice President Kamala Harris, who we just talked about and saw at Essence Festival. But go ahead, keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got to interview her um, at the African American Museum in D.C. And it was phenomenal because it was basically a recap of her um, visit to the African continent. She visited Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia. And so it was great to just sit down with her and talk about the administration's goals for their relationship, um, with Africa, but also personally as a black woman to just hear from her about what that trip meant to her. So Mm -hmm. it was a really incredible experience. Um, and outside of that, honestly, you know, I've been taking it slow. I had a month of travel for work and, um, in May, which took me to Miami, London, Botswana, South Africa, the Mozambique, the Maldives. So that was um, a whirlwind, but it was nice to be back on the road. I hadn't traveled like that since, like, 2019, <laughs> so it was really nice to be back out there. Um, but now I'm just taking it easy, enjoying the summer.
0: Well, and I think the beauty about you is that everyone knows you from travel, but I think what we love about you is how much of a fashion icon you are. I mean... <laughs> This is one of the things that she doesn't talk a lot about, but I'm going to. This beauty is a fashion. Before you even see her open this beautiful mouth with all these gorgeous teeth, you see this woman in all of these amazing colors, these beautiful outfits, and then you hear her speaking. You're like, who is this icon? Who is this woman? What is happening here? I want to start with a quote. Life is the consequence of the decisions we make. Choose wisely. This is a quote that you actually made. First generation American, born and raised in Detroit by Ugandan parents. And <clears throat> bonjour, mademoiselle. Como ça va? She speaks French and English. Let's be clear.
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I want to go back really quickly. Because before mm-hmm. we get to see all of the amazing things that you have done in your life current day. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. How would you describe yourself as a child?
1: <laughs> um the same as i am now i think you know
0: i love people when they I say have that a lot,
1: i have a lot of friends who i've been friends with for like 20 plus years um and it's so funny because they're always like this has always been jessica even as a child i was marching to the beat of my own drum my mother one day sent the picture to me and it was of me in kindergarten and I was on this little bicycle trip and I was leading the class, um, on this bicycle trip in the neighborhood where our school is. And I went to a predominantly white school, uh, for the first from preschool to sixth grade. But even then I was like a leader and this is kindergarten. So what, (laughs) five years old. Um, so I've always been outspoken. I've always kind of done my thing. I'm the baby in the family. So I feel like I had a lot of leeway, and I was always like, ah, I can do whatever I want to do. Like, I have all of these safety nets mm-hmm. in my older sisters. And and so, um, yeah, and I would say I always, like, now being older and talking to people about their stories and their childhood, I'm so grateful for, like, the life that my parents um, created for me because, you know, from a young age, we traveled internationally. We went to Uganda, to London, to the Caribbean, Mexico. And, you know, the best thing that I think my parents did for me is because I was involved in so many activities. I started playing the piano when I was three. I did ballet, tap, clarinet, um, play basketball, softball, tennis, all of these different things. And the thing that my parents did for me that I think still stands strong in my life now is that they always let me quit. I would sign up for a ton of things, and if I just didn't feel like doing it, she said anymore, this ain't for me. Like it, right? <laughs> yeah, they would let me quit, and I think it's really important because you hear like parents be like, "No, you have we paid our good money for it. You have to do it," no. and then kids end up mm-hmm. doing stuff that they hate because exactly. like their parents are like, "Well, you got to commit because we, you know, we paid for it and we paid for the lessons. <laughs> My parents were never like that, so it was always, you know, I always was able to quit things, and I think beautiful thing about that is how it shows up in my life as an adult is i quit things and mm. when i've done something and i'm like okay i did it it was great i want to move on it's okay like i had an amazing corporate job straight out of undergrad working for a pharmaceutical company but well, i didn't feel like doing it anymore i quit um i taught english in japan they wanted me to extend my contract i didn't want to i quit i worked for the un i quit like three times because i <laughs> that when I ran out of money. Um, <laughs> And, you know, but the other thing is, like, excellence, right? Like, my parents taught me to be excellent. So even though I would quit things, I was always excellent before I quit. So people would always happily take me back because they're like, we know Jessica is a hard worker. She's committed to excellence in a way very few people are. So they would always take me back. Um, But that's probably the best thing my parents ever did for me.
0: You know, it was interesting. I wanted to go over more of your childhood, but there was a quote that you said that really... um You know, a a lot of our our people on our team were like, oh, my God, she was very open and vulnerable. And it's interesting. At the end of our show, we call it a therapy session. But you know what? I'm going to get right into it. This is something new. (laughs) This is something new. I overshot my birthday by five months, but I ended up finishing on my father's birthday. He passed away just two days after my 19th birthday. So it was nice to be able to bring him into the fold in that way. During your father's passing, what advice do you think that he would tell you where you are right now? What advice
1: would he give you? Ah, God. Um what advice would my dad give me? I don't I don't know that there would be advice to give. Um i think he would just be proud i think he would just say you know congratulations and keep doing what you feel good doing you know what i mean i think it would be more like that and it's funny because you know i was so young when he died and i and it was violent so and Mm sudden and i you know sometimes i'm like what would it be like to have a relationship with him as an adult um but, yeah, I don't think it would be advice. I think he would just be proud and just, like, in awe. And I think, you know, maybe we would travel together more. Because the last thing we did, we traveled, just he and I, we traveled to London um, in January of the year he died. He died in May. And me and him went on our, our little, you know, just a me and him trip to London. <laughs> and that was the last big thing we did. And it was great. And I'm just like, damn, you know, there could have been so much more of that. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because one thing he said, and I I take it to mean something else, but one thing he said when we were younger, because we used to travel, and my mom is an overpacker. (laughs) I'm an overpacker. Um, Because my mom, like, you know, she's fly, and she wants to have options. And um, he would always look at us and be like, don't pack more than you can carry, because he would be carrying all my mom's stuff. And, you know, I took that he actually meant. so like when i travel now i will always travel in a way that i can move everything by myself like if Mm -hmm. nobody wants to help me cool like i got it you know even if i have two check bags and carry on a blah blah blah, i'm like i got
0: it i got this yeah
1: you know because of how my dad said that but also don't pack more than you can carry i think it also can mean don't carry burdens that you don't need to carry in this life Mm. you know like things things happen uh, but we have to realize that we have to move forward. Life is very short. And so we can't hold on to a bunch of things that will just keep us being stagnant or keep us in, like, a negative feedback loop. Like, we things happen. We have to be able to just move forward um, and let those things be in the past. So I, wow. I also took it to mean that. I
0: love it. Listen, we want to get right into these travel questions. Um, I mean, mm. when people heard that you were going to be on the show, it immediately kind of blew up our email Oh, my God. It was crazy. Um, So let's get right into it. And then we're going to talk about something super special. So I know we don't have you long. First question is, and you can give a quick or short answer. Totally up to you. Um, Uh First question is, what can't you travel without? Oh, I
1: mean, besides (laughs) the obvious of my phone. um, Well, I can't travel without headphones. I think I need my headphones when I'm on a plane like I just you know I love flying because I feel like it's the one time that I can disconnect I mean granted now we have wi-fi in the air which I think is the worst thing we ever could have done same but you know a lot of times I don't connect because it's a time when I get to watch movies and I get to just listen to music and I get to just go away um so I would say headphones
0: what has been the most interesting item of food that you have tasted (laughs)
1: Uh, the most interesting item of food I've tasted I don't know Um, I'm not like a bug eater or anything I did actually when I was in Mexico filming a pilot they got me to eat oh like I don't even remember what like crickets and all types of nonsense and I was just like not into it because in Mexico they eat a lot of um, a lot of bugs which are great for protein Um, and even in Uganda they eat what we call in Senine, which is grasshoppers, and I actually tasted that for the first time mm. in November filming as well. It's like, when you know when
0: you're filming, people can get you to do a whole thing. <laughs> right, normally right. You do. <laughs> so true. But so
1: yeah, I would say bugs. Did not enjoy it, but that's just because,
0: like, my brain wouldn't let me enjoy it, because like, I You were like, a it's bug. a bug. I can't, right? Yeah, What's I also awesome can't. <laughs> right. What's the best piece of travel advice and the worst piece of travel advice you've received?
1: Uh, people don't give me travel advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know who would give me travel advice. <laughs> oh, RIP Anthony Bourdain could have asked him a few things. Um, but if I can flip that, I can tell you what I would recommend. There you go. There you go. Um, I would say just go, you know, I think a lot of people get so stuck in the planning phase. And a lot of people get stuck um, sort of letting fear take over, like, oh, you know, because I think what happens a lot of time when people want to travel, like, their family will be like, that's scary. And why are you going? And da, 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 da. Yeah. And I'm like, now, why are you letting people, because I remember this girl told me, I really want to go to Colombia, but my family is afraid. I said, oh, have they been? She said, right. said, so why are you listening to people
0: who've never done the thing that you want to do? mm it's come on good. a word
1: you do what it is that you want to do you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i would say just go like close up noise and just go because if i listen to everybody who's like oh my god that's so scary that's so dangerous that's it is. i would have never done not just what i've never visited every country in the world i would have never done half of the things that i've done in my life so yeah, yeah just go just do it
0: it's interesting um because so many people they try and slide in my DMs or text me or friends and family. Oh my God, you're traveling alone and make sure you did it. And I'm just like, listen, calm down. It's okay.
1: You've never done it.
0: And you've never done it, right? (laughs) I'm like, you've never done it. So it's okay. And like, I move in a way that everything is organized. And even if it's not organized, I figure it out. Like, come on y'all. So watch how I align this next question. When you, Jessica... When you win the lottery,
1: uh-huh.
0: where are you traveling you. to where are you traveling to first? Oh Listen, we do the thing here on this show.
1: When I win the lottery, where am I traveling to first? You know what? I think what I would do. I would rent a massive yacht and I would go to the Caribbean with like a bunch of my friends and then I would do like a family week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I would just love to just rent a massive yacht and just like chill out for like two weeks and just go to like my favorite places in the Caribbean.
0: This is a first for us because this is a question we typically have never asked anybody, but if you could choose one famous person or celebrity to travel with, who would that be?
1: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, if we're doing dead or Alive, the first one I would say is Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Just because, you know, I don't yeah. respect, if I'm being honest, I don't respect a lot of people in the travel space. But I still think, like, there's a lot of patronizing behavior that happens. mm mm-hmm. But I love the way he did it in a way he decentered himself. And, of course, he wasn't without flaws. But he is one person that I really, truly, um, you know, respected in this travel space. So yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Um, and I think, you know what? Obama, because you know you see him doing a lot of travel, like he did um, Anthony Bourdain's show once, and you just see him out and about. And I think it would just be really interesting to travel with him because I would kind of be his guy because he's been to so many places in an official capacity, and so I would just love to travel to some of the places he enjoyed in an official capacity, but actually go with him as and like. As a tourist, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. So I think that would be super interesting.
0: Well, and both of you love history, anyway. Like, I mean, that's
1: exactly. Yeah, that's
0: your jam. Where is, I'm like, hmm, maybe I can pitch this show to higher ground. <laughs> <laughs> we thought about that? Like, <laughs> let's go to his favorite countries, but he gets to be a tourist. I'm just saying. Come on. Breaking news. Here we go. Right. Where's the weirdest place that you've slept during your travels? <laughs>
1: So um, when I was in um, Kyrgyzstan, I slept in a yurt. So a yurt is like, um, it's a round structure. You see them in Central Asia. And so we went, that was like my goal. I was like, when I go to Central Asia, I want to sleep in a yurt. And so (laughs) we went to this yurt camp and we helped them build the yurt. And we slept on top of this mountain. There was no electricity, no running water, no toilet. Um, and it was amazing. Like, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And the air was so fresh. It was so beautiful. Uh, and we, like, went walking on long walks. And we went on a horse ride, which ended up being really, really crazy. I wrote about it in my book. Um, but, yeah, that was probably one of the most interesting. And then I ended up sleeping in a yurt in Mongolia. Same thing. Mm. No running water, no electricity. Uh, no
0: bathroom. You know, it's right. like, it, it's so interesting. It's insane to hear you talk about this. And I know so many people are like listening right now. Wait, what? Are you serious? <laughs> That's a. Ma- and I think being in that space, you really do get in tune with who you are as a woman, as a person, and you really figure it out. And I think the beauty about you is that you have curated like this space for people to look up and say, wow, this black girl from Detroit with parents that have never traveled the world and she just taught herself if she can do oh, it wait. i my can par- do it my
1: parents travel
0: though <laughs> listen but no you've 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 curated like your own space like they're looking at you like girl what mm-hmm. but you you yeah, have sure. you have a beauty and it's really catch me if you can your new book mm-hmm. i want to get into it ask you a couple of questions it took more than 450 flights across more than 1 million air miles but you made it to 195 countries in the world. And that was in 2022 when she did her CNN. No, 2019. 2019, 2019. I was reading your 2022 uh, CNN article. When I tell you this woman has done so much. You wrote this beautiful book. Catch me if you can. It's beautifully illustrated with many of your own photographies. And you really just documented your remarkable experiences in each country. The first question is, what inspired you to
1: start writing? Oh, that's really interesting. So I actually have been writing since I was really, really young. Um, my mom, one of her best friends is an English professor, I think, or a teacher. And my mom always tells me how... At the age of three, she was so impressed by me, like you know, just the way I spoke. I guess when I was a three year old. I don't know what I was saying. Um, but as long as I can remember, I've been a writer. You know, I find things that I've written, like in fifth grade, sixth grade, like a ton from middle school, high school. I ended up being an English literature major, and undergrad, um, and so I've have always been a writer. I've always. You know, wanted to tell stories, wanted to make up stories. Uh, it's just always been a part of who I am into that, and I also am an avid reader. I'm still an avid reader. I'm on like my twenty second book this year mm. um, yeah, so I've always just wanted to make up stories.
0: I want to get into a question from Trey from Brooklyn. He read your book and said that he was inspired to continue to travel to some of the most weirdest places in the world that he never, ever, ever thought about. He had a really random question. Do you prefer a window seat or an aisle seat on the plane?
1: Window. (laughs) Mm. Always. I love looking out of the window. Like, it's so funny because I think sometimes when people see me on planes, they're probably like, oh my God, this girl, I've never been on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you know what I mean? But I love looking out of planes. I just, I love it. I love looking at the landscape. I love looking at clouds. Um, I just really love being on a plane. hate airports, but love being on a plane.
0: Tia from North Carolina asks, where would you most like to live in the world?
1: Um, well, so I'll never live in just one place. That I know about myself. Like, even now I live between Detroit and L.A. Um, I have, um, an apartment that's being built in Dakar in Senegal. Mm. Uh, I would love to get a place in Cartagena. I'd love to build a family compound in Uganda. Um, Uh I wouldn't be mad at a home in Tuscany, a little flat in London, a little brownstone in New York. Like, I'm definitely someone who always needs a change of scenery. Um, and there's just so many places I love for so many reasons that I don't feel like I have to just pick one.
0: Our last question on our Q&A is from Chris, and Chris is actually out of Inglewood. He says, what food from your home country do you miss the most?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Roasted pork. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, there's these places um, that you can go. My favorite is on Entebbe Road. But it's like, it's just a little pork joint. And so you go in and you pick your pieces. They're obviously super fresh. And it takes forever. (laughs) It takes like an hour. But then you get this super fresh roasted pork. And they serve it with like, um, like some chopped up tomatoes and onions and avocado and like little salt and pepper. And it's delicious, and you drink that with an ice cold beer. I love Tuscarmont. it's a Kenyan beer uh and that is like i'm like mouth-watering right now
0: (laughs) she said listen let me let me get some as we get ready to wrap our show um we curated this last piece called the therapy session and Mm -hmm. it really does just kind of make you think about where you are in this place in your life where you could be where you were you know whatever and it's really the first thing that comes to your mind Mm -hmm. what is your proudest accomplishment
1: really good question I think that my proudest accomplishment is being alive okay and surviving and being happy like I dealt with a lot of mental health issues in my teens and my early 20s and I was not really super interested in living and I'm just proud of myself now that I'm, like, thriving and I'm happy because I never could see this, you know? Like, I was in such a dark place that I couldn't see this. I couldn't see me wanting to live and, like, being excited about things. Like, I just couldn't see it for a really long time. So my greatest accomplishment like, <laughs> for me, like, what I'm proud of is, like, being alive and being happy.
0: And we're We're happy that you're here telling your story. Jessica, what is your biggest fear?
1: Oh, my God. The death of loved ones. Like, I think recently I've been like, my mom is going to Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, My mom is going to die. You know, like, that's something that I recently have been thinking about a lot. Like, Mm. there is going to be a time where, like, my mom is dead. And so, you know, I think because I lost my dad at a young age and it was, you know so tragic i'm always afraid of like that because i lost a really close friend last year and it was really tough um uh, my friend aj crimson mm-hmm. and i've not lost many people that i'm close to
0: same uh, yeah same
1: here and yeah so like just losing loved ones is like the worst That's my biggest fear because, you know, I, for me, more than anything, like more than the accolades, more than everything y'all see and that people praise me for, I really am like very into my friends and family. And like, people will tell you that, like, I am such a lover of my friends and family. And so, um, the idea of losing them is what I fear the most.
0: I thought about that the other day. My parents are still married. And um, as my, my mom and dad, they're getting older. I'm like, oh, my God, can you guys just stay where you are? And I'm just like, no. Right. And I mean, for me, I'm only child. So I really am looking at them as they're getting older, like, Ugh, really? Is this what we're doing? So anyway, we're right. not going to do that today. You may have just answered this, but who is your hero?
1: Oh, who is my hero? Probably my mom. I think, you know, I look at my mom and, like, what she's been through. Like, you know, she, my mom grew up in a village in Uganda. And granted, like, her parents were pretty well-to-do, relatively speaking, in, like, rural Uganda in the 1960s. But, you know, she moved to the U.S. with my dad when she was 16. And she did well. She raised three amazing daughters. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She became a nurse. uh, She graduated. But she, like, you know, she kept the home so well. And, like, you know, even now, I always say, like, my mommy is, like, your mom's favorite mom. Like, she's such a mom. And she'll, like, pack me food still. I'm talking about still. She'll, like, if I'm going to the airport, she'll send me with food and she'll, like, give me (laughs) money. Like, here's the money for food. I'm like, okay, girl. I'm
0: like,
1: I bought her a car, but she still gives me She's like, nope, mm
0: -mm, nope, nope.
1: I love it. Um, But, you know, like, and then dealing with, like, when my dad died, my mom was actually in Uganda because her mom had had a stroke. And I called her and I told her what happened. And she came immediately back. And then when we were sorting out everything, because we couldn't take the body back immediately because of, like, the investigation, her mom died. But now she was in Detroit, and her mom was in Uganda. And it was such a horrible, horrible time. But for her to have gotten through that and, like, continued on with her life, and you know, like, it's yeah. been hard for yeah. sure. but. She's still out here living, you know, she
0: still travels. She's in, like, a book club with her friends. Looking fabulous, enjoys, looking amazing. Yeah, and she's looking
1: fabulous, and she's, you know, <laughs> she gets to hang out with her friends, and she's retired, and she loves her grandkids. And, you know, so I would say probably my mom, because she's been through it, but she still manages to, like, live a beautiful life.
0: Our last two questions are going to be interesting because this first question is something that you don't talk a lot about and I would love to know your answer. Oh. What is a relationship deal breaker for you?
1: Oh, a relationship deal breaker for me is like any sort of hatred towards a group of people. You know what I mean? So, like, I remember, or, like, just the lack of respect towards people who aren't like you. So I remember this one ex of mine. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The way he, like, disrespected my culture, like, I couldn't deal. You know what I mean? It's like he just, you know, he didn't have an interest in learning much about my culture. And I was like, oh, you got to go. But then, like, I also can't deal with, like, homophobia. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. if a guy shows any sort of homophobia, I'm like, you got to go. Because I'm someone who has, like, a diverse group of friends, but also cultural respect is so important to me. Um, And so if you just don't see it for people that aren't like you or people who live, differently than you like you gotta go because for me it's like my friends are so important to me I'm not one of those people who are like my man my man my man I don't (laughs) care like it's all about my man I'm like no my man has to integrate he has to integrate into my life with Mm -hmm. my friends Mm because I'm not I'm not the girl who like gets in a relationship and suddenly disappears like I'm not that girl yeah it's like I'm going to integrate him into my life So, um, yeah, if he's, you know, on any BS, I'm like, oh, you got to go. I I would say that's that's the thing. Like, I want to, you know, I want to date and be with someone who's just kind. Like, that is so important. Like, just being a kind person.
0: Our last question. As you continue to travel many, many more countries and you begin to build these homes and probably foundations for young women and young men to be able to say, I can do what she does. And you speak at all of these conferences and places and write even more books and just create even more memories. You sit back and you remember the words that your father told you when you were young. And as your mother begins to get older, she begins to provide you with even more wisdom, more words for you to just live the rest of your life. And you apply them to just as you move through this world and you touch so many more people just by speaking on social media and you build that platform bigger than what it even is. Mm-hmm. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Oof. Uh, I, I want my legacy... To be, I want people, when people think about me, I want them to think, she lived, but also she helped other people to live. And I think so much of, like, you know, I'm so grateful, like, and I recognize that I grew up in a position of privilege, and it is my privilege that has allowed me to be where I am today and in the spaces that I moved through. And it's allowed me to have these existential thoughts and <clears throat> opinions <laughs> because I'm not living from a place of just surviving, right? I'm living from a place of living and thriving. So I really hope that what people get from everything I do, whether it's listening to me on a podcast or reading a book or seeing me talk or seeing interviews, like I lived, you know, I never, I never believed in a box. Like, I didn't have to, I never believed that I had to pick one thing to do. I never was like, okay, I can be a lawyer. That's all I can be. I'm like, no, I can do anything. You know, this year I saw myself being an artist. Last year I saw myself publishing a book. This year I started moderating conversations, which was new, you know? The vice president was the second person that I ever interviewed. You know what I mean? And, like, that for me it's just like i can do anything it's not that i have to be afraid because i've never done it it's like i can do anything i feel like doing and and i really created a life that i want to live so i hope that my legacy is that other people find their freedom and their freedom to live out loud to live fully as themselves you know despite what society tries to convince them or tell them um and really just live, you know, I think we are under so many shackles and capitalism is really starting to get to me. Um, and climate change, like we, you know, we take for granted. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's so high. It's so high. It's so high. It's like, yeah, cause this is about to be the coldest year going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I, I think about a lot of those things. Um, but we're just we're living so many people are living on autopilot. And I chose to, like, turn autopilot off and make very conscious decisions and be very hyper aware of every single thing that I'm doing every day. And and so I hope that my legacy convinces people to interrogate everything they're doing in their life, interrogate every single thing they do every single day. Like, are you happy? Mm. Like, and really think about what is the meaning of life for you? Um, And figure out ways to fulfill that meaning. Um, and really live your life like that's what I hope my legacy is And, and really beyond that I hope that people learn more about the world people learn more about all of the countries in the world and the different cultures and to that end that we have more tolerance you know like I'm someone who like loves everybody I don't give a shit your religion, your gender identity, your sexuality, your who cares? Honestly, (laughs) like, I literally do not care. You know what I mean? It's not even like I'm here for, like, uh, you know, rallying for everyone i'm just like i don't care i don't care like you're a person yeah and that's all that matters like you are human i'm a human we all want to and we all deserve to live well so like i literally don't care about any of these isms you know what i mean exactly um i just want people to live and live free and so for me i try to create space and safe spaces that allow people to be their full selves because like look growing up dark skin in america was hard af and I got to a place where I could accept myself, right? And, like, obviously, like, I have a shaved head and I wear bright colors, so I'm always going to stand out. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, you, I'm living in a society that is continuously trying to convince me that I'm ugly and, like, I'm the lowest on the totem pole. And I'm like, okay, cool. But this is what I got, so I'm going to go with what I got. And, you know, I hope that a lot of people just seeing my story find just their freedom to be who they are and, you know, that's I got. I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling, but no, listen, I and I
0: think the beauty the beauty about who you are as a woman is that you have really made a footprint for so many other young women, young men, everyone to be able to just follow. i wanna thank you for your time i wanna thank you for your story, and I really wanna thank you for the future i wanna i, mean, I wanna look at the lens and really just see how many beautiful things that you will be able to continue to accomplish. I mean, you just were. Signing copies in Rockefeller Center, right under Michelle Obama's (laughs) book, y'all. Make sure you get a signed copy there. Um, But we really do want to thank you. Any last words you want to leave any of your listeners, any of your new listeners, your fans, any any last words?
1: Uh, I think what I would say is that we all have to remember this life is ours. Like, you alone... This is your life. So it's not your parents' life. It's not your siblings' lives. It's not your bosses. It's not your partners. It is your life. And so whatever you need to do to live a life for you, you have to do that. You are the only person that can set yourself free Um, And you are the only person that's in control of your life and your happiness. So I am for people to do the things that they need to do to set themselves free. And it's not always easy. You know, it's not always easy to go against your parents and against your community. Um, But just just do it. Because when I tell you what's on the other side, (laughs)
0: let them know
1: Pure bliss, pure bliss.
0: I love it. Everyone, make sure you please go and purchase this amazing, beautiful new book, Catch Me If You Can. And that is, of course, on her website, thecatchmeifyoucan.com. But also, you guys already follow her, but you know, Jessica Nabongo on Instagram. And that is J-E-S-S-I-C-A-N-A-B-O-N-G-O. And again, first black woman to travel to every country. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your service. We thank you for your love and your passion.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And guys, as we say at the end of the show, stay positive, but stay creative. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.